Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Oh, hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever it is, <laughs> Emily, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Oh, yeah. wonderful. It's all good. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to, to share with you a, a funny thing that happened to me the other day in the elevator in my new office building. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't think anything of it because this is how I live my life, but I had my purse and my backpack all on my left side of my body, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I do. And I had, I also had a bag, uh, like a Schnooks bag, a little plastic go- grocery bag that had some supplies because I just moved into my new office. Right. And I think I had one more thing also in my left hand. All in the left hand. Oh, okay. my, my tea, my, oh, my morning okay. tea in my left hand. And I had my keys in my right hand. And I got on the elevator and these two men were standing in the elevator and one man looked at me and he's like, wow, you're... You're really, you're really good at like piling up stuff on your body or something like that, you know. <laughs> but it wasn't as awkward as I made it okay. sound right now because. And I looked at him and I go, "I am a recovering mother of three. Oh, that's perfect. And I was like, "This is so funny." And he's and I all laughed and um and I said, "And all of this right now with the backpack and the purse and the you know it had the laptop in it and the back the grocery sack and my tea." I go, "All of this." It's nothing because it doesn't squirm, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, that was really funny, Michelle. Recovering mother of three. three. I love it. I mean, I I don't know how to carry anything balanced. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to get stuff out of the back of the car, Mm -hmm. you know, like grocery bags— Everything's on the left side, so I can open the door with the oh, right. Oh, sure. With my key. Yeah, that makes sense. If I if I think that oh maybe for my alignment of my my spine and all of my my arms mm-hmm. and my maybe I should like equal out the bags. I'm not gonna be able to open the door. Yeah. So your left left side is a little shorter than your right side, is what you're saying by Prob- this point. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I haven't right. I haven't measured it yet, but uh, yeah, probably. So anyway, a lot of weight on that left shoulder. <laughs> I've carried a lot, you know. And uh, yeah, so I thought that was really funny, and oh, I just had to goodness. share with you about yeah, that. Yeah. No, that's that's and, great. And are you loving your new space there? You've got a beautiful view. I absolutely love, yeah. love my new space. And today, the AC guy finally got the AC working. Into my special office area, so I'm not. Oh, good. I'm not, I'm not like stifled with you know stagnant air. Okay. But what was interesting, and I know everyone out there in uh, podcast land is so intrigued by this. In my old space, I was sneezing and coughing every oh, right. single day for like the last year and a half. Nothing and I just here? thought that I had allergies, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, it's just me, it's allergies. But I noticed that I was coughing and sneezing and everything, you know, like ever since they redid the common areas outside outside my office. And it wasn't until other people had come to my office to for, for business and were, you know, meetings and stuff, that I noticed that they too started had coughing and sneezing when the air started blowing, right? Hmm. I'm in my new space. No Nothing. coughing and sneezing until I start to unpack 
boxes oh, from the old space. Maybe you need to vacuum it all off. I bought some wipes. I'm like yeah. wiping things down, like because because I, I and I did complain in the old space about my coughing and sneezing, and they're like, "Well, it is April, and it's probably the the yeah. pollen out there." But it was much worse. So I'm 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 happy on a, a variety of reasons, and one that I don't sneeze and cough and you know, it's great blow my nose all day long. While I'm trying to work, yeah, and now you're you're here, you're refreshed, your mind is clear, you're oh, ready to have some wine and have some wine, great conversation, right? conversation, And this is a very special episode. Oh my god, it is! I can't believe that you let me just go on and on and oh, on about well, being know. like in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a recovering mother of three, so, you know. Uh, yeah, it is Here. tremendously special on for many, many reasons. Number one, this is our season finale for season number two. And number two, Michelle, I'll let you take this one. Happy birthday, clearly speaking. I know! It is our one year. year. Yes. Cheers I to mean, you and to me and to everybody you. who listens and who've got us this far. Isn't that an awesome? I mean, and how far we've come in a year. So thank yeah. you so much to all of our clitorati and everyone who's all been of our guests from all- um, you know from the first guest until today. I mean, we we have been so blessed yeah. because we've met the coolest people I know. and gotten to talk to the coolest people I know. and shared so many fabulous stories here on Clearly Speaking that, um, yeah, it seems surreal that it's one year. Well, yeah. and today will not disappoint. We, mm. um, so our guest, Daphne, say hello, Daphne. Hi, Hi Daphne. <laughs> Daphne and I met um, a, a few months ago now. Uh, we met... During the launch of Femiscent, which we've talked about right, right now, right. and you know, as as we talked about, it was a it was a a lovely first event that we had, and you know, again, just like uh, literally speaking, a beautiful community of women, and uh, but it was a difficult night. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, that, when you're running events, right, there are things that make it a little there, difficult. It was yeah. just it, there was a was lot a, of unanticipated stress. Exactly. Yeah. And so Denise and I, um, our producer Denise and I, after Femison closed, we went and sought out uh, some relief in the form of alcohol, and it was <laughs> it was a challenge to find it because it was later it was and late. it was a Tuesday, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and the so, streets were rolled up. I know. So we <laughs> found ourselves downtown at the Crack Fox and walked in. The best in. bar in the universe, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> and we walked in. And two things were happening. One, it was the all-female BDSM event that was going on, yeah. which you might remember because yeah, we, we had, had Liz on exactly a couple, the, the couple founder ago. of that event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was going on, and, and Denise and I walked in, and we're like, of course, yes, this is exactly where we belong right now. <laughs> And then Daphne was there, and we had in just my the, underwear. I'm pretty sure exactly. You were just down to underwear and boots I at mean, that point. Yeah, it's not that unusual. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. Well, as long as you feel comfortable, you know, and you're not being constrained by you know anything else, That's just the be, idea. be who you are, right? Right. If there's anything I'm good at, is being, being who you who are. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Daphne and I had just the most amazing conversation. It translated across all kinds of different topics from 
politics to sexuality to just just boots to boots to boots <laughs> yes and um, panties and I was like oh well you need to be a guest you're talking about panties you need to be on so um, I you know I think Daphne is just the perfect guest for this episode I think it's I, it's groundbreaking well, I'm for very us excited to you be know? here thank you for because it is it's our one year anniversary it's the end of season two mm-hmm. and Daphne is. One was the first guest we've had on mm-hmm. our show that has any inkling. Oh, wait. No, sorry. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. We have had Sam. But Daphne has um, is by gender. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we, we have, we've talked about having a man on our show before. And I've always said it has to be the most special man to be on our show. <laughs> like, you know, we can't, you know, just devote a whole episode to a guy, although we have had Sam on. So, Sam, I hope you're not listening right now. Well, I don't want you audio to, engineer. He's our audio right? engineer, right? So, yeah, that's... So yeah. it's a little different. But um, as an actual featured guest. Yeah, you're right. At the t- you know, at the t- I'm different. the first penis haver. <laughs> you're the first penis haver on our it's show. It's finally good for something. <laughs> I think it's probably good for a few things, but right. I but I think what is awesome is that you do you are very special, very mm-hmm. amazing and mm-hmm. and it fits right in for you Aww. to be the first penis haver <laughs> on our show. Um, so yeah, welcome. Yeah, so welcome. welcome Thank you. Yes. Well, cr- congratulations on your season finale and your anniversary. That's so exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You have a wonderful show, and I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's wonderful. For those of you who aren't watching our YouTube channel, Daphne is sporting a lovely, oh lovely sundress <laughs> with um, red Pinky flowers. Boots. And yeah, I wore my some, shiny red boots. Yeah. Shiny red How boots. How could I not? And some fishnetty type of well, stockings. What are you going to wear thigh high boots without fishnets? I don't think so. Like that's a <laughs> no, rule. no. But I, I am jealous. I am jealous. I have to say right I did now, did not wear my fishnets nor my thigh high boots today. <laughs> I have flip flops. But you look I fabulous. I have the perfect wine for us to drink, ladies. Um, and it's so fat. I'm so glad you wore your kinky boots, <laughs> Daphne, because that is the wine we're drinking, Trechebotas. Which means twisted boot. Isn't that perfect? It's wonderfully. This is a, <laughs> is a, the grape is a Tempranillo Blanco. This is from 2018 and it's from Rioja. Um, the producer is Bodegas del Medievo. And um, I'm pretty excited about this wine. I know Daphne had shared that um, she prefers champagne or, you know, wines that are a little. You know, sweeter, delicious in that way. The bubbles make me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Is delicious. Sadly, though. there's no bubbles it's in this. Good. However, it is quite delicious. I, you know, I I find this wine to be very true on the palate to what I get on the nose. So I'm getting, you know, pineapple, pear, apple, some bruised banana, blanched almond. And it's got a nice, like, kind of buttery texture about it. Um, it's just delightful. What are you finding? Oh, I think it's absolutely fabulous. Like, it tastes wonderful. I never see this is what's so fabulous about this show and like all this wine education that I'm getting being on the show. 
is uh, several episodes back. I was I was so surprised when I was like, oh, you can have a you have a Pinot Blanc, you know, or or yeah. and and here is a Tempranillo Blanco. Mm-hmm. I would because I've only drank Tempranillo, Tempranillo, which was like the red, right? So I'm solely like curious how it becomes a white. And I know you're not a yeah, Somali. Yeah, that's above my pay grade. And uh, but I think you know it'd be curious to mm-hmm. to try to search that out next that has time. To do with skin contact, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but it's really tasty. And I haven't. I've not been a fan of Tempranillo per mm-hmm. se in the red. But I would have. Mm-hmm. I would have lots of this. Well, and you liked some of the wines that we feature that have that grape, the Tempranillo in them. So it's all about finding the right balance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's this price point? Do you You're know? You're going to love this, Michelle. Twelve ninety-nine. Stop the presses. I will uh-huh. be right back. I'm going to get, this is <laughs> fabulous. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is a really great, great bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the wines, you know, from either Spain or Argentina, like both, both those regions are, can, Give you great value, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's it's worth searching out, and uh, do not do not fear if you come across a Tempranillo Blanco. It's right, fabulous. So the slurping in the background is not us <laughs> slurping on the wine. By the way, it's actually it's Daphne. It's Daphne. Yeah. She's she's really, really enjoying the wine. She's like she's she's like. Are you guys not done with your bottle yet or your yep. glass yet? No. So that would be that would be Herbie the love bug. He's ridiculous. He's my little Boston Terrier, mm-hmm. and I thought that that treat would keep him busy it and I is. didn't anticipate it being quite so noisy <laughs> <laughs> he's really he's really, really getting at it. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are a pet friendly podcast as <laughs> you guys right. know we've had Iggy Pup on and uh, Lola Vanella brought her uh, yeah her Yorkie Sam, Sam. Sam has brought Jeffrey his little dog oh yes yeah, yeah, Sam has a Jeffrey so, here and now we, yeah. we have Herbie oh no as long as and he just totally puked. Did he? Oh, he said, no, okay. No, I'm so sorry. Well, no. we'll, just, well, we'll just can't uh, bring him anywhere. We're just, <laughs> we'll, he just had a little gag reflex. It's okay. <laughs> what is yeah. he chewing on? Well, he's chewing on a bully stick, which actually is a like a cut up bull penis. Yeah. Yeah, I guess him, Herbie and I have that in common. We both like bulls' penises in our mouths. <laughs> a little eager. He's a little eager. I with never it. throw up, though. No. I'm just saying, right, I never right, gag. Of course, right. You, I well, don't you're have a, a pro, gag right? You know, yeah. <laughs> you were born without one. <laughs> so, Daphne, as we talked about, um, as we launched in this conversation, um, you know, we mentioned that you're by gender. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that means that, you know, you know, you identify as Daphne, mm-hmm. um, but you also identify as your male counterpart, which mm-hmm. is Dan, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Is that a 50-50 split? Is there a, like, what is the split on that? You know, and- uh, I always say that I consider that that label by gender to be kind of just categorical more than anything. Um, I think, you know, it's it's a special little flower under the trans umbrella. You know, I'm I'm trans. Like, it's mm-hmm. just... It's 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 all part of it. It's all the same. But for me, it kind of just works out. I'm either in what I call Dan mode or in Daphne mode. Okay. And you know, are you ever in both? I mean, it's always kind of both. You right. know, really, like it's yeah. just it's just my goofy self inside. You know, <laughs> but it's just how it's it's almost just how I'm expressing at the minute. You know, what mm-hmm. am I doing right at that minute that I feel like I'm in whichever mode? So, when did 
When did you realize that the traditional gender that was assigned to you didn't quite match up with how you felt inside? It's It's been a lifelong journey. It's been a long time to, for me to figure it out. Um, I'm, I'm 38, and I would say that when I was 33, I think it was my 33rd birthday, is when Daphne was born, more or less. Okay. Um, that's when I kind of put a name on it and started calling it Daphne Mode. And, um, but it's before that, you know, it, it just kind of evolved over time from, you know, wearing women's clothes when I was younger and it being kind of a, like a kink or a fetish. And it grew, you know, to really be, I really understood it eventually to be a pretty critical part of myself. Mm-hmm. And was it a part of yourself that you just immediately loved or was there like did how how difficult was it for you to um acknowledge it and were you hiding it or Oh yeah. You, uh, yeah I grew up in a I grew up in a conservative you know Christian household and I definitely uh it came with a lot of shame for a long time that I had to work out you know um is it like actually as you have the shoes on or if you take them off or or whatever it is that you're doing when when does that shame like hit you or when did it hit you um i would say the entirety of my adolescence yeah, <laughs> i yeah. mean it was just kind of like i really struggled for a long time because i thought i was sinning you know i thought oh I was, sure I was, were your parents really fundamentalist they, christians yeah, they weren't that like religious they were we were we were actually pentecostals oh and, that's but religious I went to a, but <laughs> okay fair enough i mean that's but not a catholic i went to yeah. uh, i went to an independent fundamental baptist high school yeah oh my and they were word. very very conservative um wow so you know there was there was a lot of like i i was trying to pray it away and all that you oh, know? sure there was one time i actually um decided to fast because i wanted to stop with my impure thoughts and actions and I spent like a whole day not eating and then at the end of the day I was so hungry I opened up the fridge and my mom had made like tuna casserole yeah and I just ate it I actually so I first I threw away all my like my handcuffs and my I think I had like one pair of panties or whatever and I threw them away and then I fasted and prayed all day and that like late in the evening I was super hungry and I opened up the fridge and there was that tuna casserole and I had a big bowl of it and then I went and I got my panties and my handcuffs and stuff back out of the trash. <laughs> yeah. How old were you yeah. when that happened? Uh, teenage. 16, 17 maybe. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have mm. people around you that you could experiment with in this way? Or mm. how were you exploring this at that time? It was pretty private. It was yeah. pretty private. Yeah. I didn't really share it with many people. Mm-hmm. I think I might have told some of my closest friends in high school, but... I think but they it, had I think I even really probably close. downplayed it a little bit too. I probably was like, yeah, yeah, it's a weird thing. I like once in a while, you know, whatever. Yeah, a little kink. So, <laughs> is that a big deal? Yeah, yeah. How long did it take from you to go to that place to where you are now, where you are leaving very openly in both personas? So on my thirty third birthday, I went. My ex wife and I went out, and I I told her what I wanted for my birthday was a Daphne day. And I got dressed up and we went out to dinner and had a date and had a nice time. And it was amazing. It but was, was it so, the first it time so you'd good. been all the, all Daphne all day? Mm, 
Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. And so it, your there certainly wife, had been money if not. You and know. your wife knew about Daphne, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, so, but it was just the first time that you got to be Daphne the whole mm-hmm. time. Okay. I think that was when we when we named her too when I settled on a name. Yeah. 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 Was that a, you say ex-wife. So mm-hmm. was this part of the dividing line between you and your ex-wife or? You know, uh, we split up for a lot of reasons and um, I, I would say probably Daphne didn't help. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it, to be fair to her, when we got married, there was no Daphne. It was mm-hmm. it was more like a fetish. That's how I understood it at the time. Right. You know, like, sometimes I like to dress up in women's clothes, and she really made an effort to be um, understanding and accepting. Mm-hmm. But you know, as when you get married young, as as you do when you go to yeah. conservative Christian school, <laughs> right? Uh, you you learn a lot about yourself as you get a little older and you realize, start to realize who you are. And we realize that we were not the same people that we thought we were. I think that if we're doing a good job by our life, we're always learning and we're always Mm -hmm. evolving. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, I'm not the same woman I was when I was 24 and I got married, Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wore high heels then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wore flip flops and flats, and mm-hmm. you know, f- special custom orthotics in my shoes. <laughs> yeah, is just the sexiest. <laughs> just the sexiest. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. That with could you. be somebody's fetish. Well, oh. you know, fingers crossed someday <laughs> I, I find them, you know. Oh, yeah, you got those orthotics. <laughs> I got those orthotics. Are they custom? Yeah. Can you rub those custom? Did you custom- have to get a prescription for them? I did. Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. Was there a copay involved? Oh, oh yeah. baby, talk to How me. How much was that copay? <laughs> Tell me about the copay. It's that full I'm just saying, insurance. you never know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that, you know, that they'll find me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right, Emily. I mean, we all evolve from who we were 20 years ago, 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Five years um, ago. Five years ago, mm-hmm. you know, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you keep say, when not you keep, when you've said that you thought it was just a, a kink or a fetish uh, and, and, but then, you know, when you're 33 and you got to be Daphne too, I mean, what was that when you, did you feel like you just finally stepped into your whole self? I mean, you were Dan and you're Daphne, but, they're not. They're not separate. They're just one. Mm-hmm. And was that like the first time you could? You felt like you could stand tall, and and put your chest out, and you're and like yeah. It felt really great. Yeah, it felt really great. And uh, it. I've always kind of known. I've always been an, into radical self-expression. Like that's my jam. You know yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Like, but it it really did feel good to be like oh. I can freely express this part of myself. I I don't have to be ashamed of this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a, it was a really good feeling, and it's definitely a big factor. And you in wouldn't why walk backwards. You wouldn't go. Oh, yeah. You would never go back to the time before. No, of course I mean, not. That, Absolutely, that, that would be no. Daphne's Daphne's out, and she's sticking around. <laughs> so you say radical um, expression, mm-hmm. um, and you you've thrown out kink a few times. So um, and kink can mean a wide variety of things. So when did you start exploring yourself in the kink world, and how has that evolved as you've been exploring um, who Daphne is? 
Um, when we, so when I was in college, I discovered that there was a fetish night in St. Louis. I was using, I was Googling kind of what I could Mm -hmm. find and I didn't even know that that was a thing. I just found out that there was a, was a club that did that. And I never even made it to that fetish night because I was young and exploring and everything. But that kind of got the gears turning, so to speak. And, um, after my ex-wife and I moved to St. Louis, we started going to some of those fetish nights uh, and exploring that, and it was amazing. We discovered the Crack Fox, which mm-hmm. is the best bar in the universe and home <laughs> for the Misfit Toys. Yeah. Uh, and one of the one of the first events that I went to was was put on by the person, uh, the lovely lovely woman who owns that bar, and uh, it was it was a huge eye opener. I was like, oh my god, there's so many people here, and they're like mm-hmm. us, they're like me, yeah. like they're into crazy. Kinky stuff and oh mm-hmm. wow, you know it was it was like a kid in Disneyland, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you found your tribe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and and a peace settled in your heart mm-hmm. at that point in time because mm-hmm. you knew that you were there were people like you and 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 you weren't different and strange and the <laughs> one the only one out there that felt like felt like this and mm-hmm. and you you could be yourself and not worry. I mean that's that true. that's so powerful for for everybody mm-hmm. when 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 folks find their group their mm-hmm. tribe mm-hmm. and uh, so from that first experience with your ex wife at at stuff at the crack fox how have you evolved as a participant as an evangelist if I can use that <laughs> word without throwing yeah. any PTSD at you <laughs> um, you know how have you evolved with that oh I never shut up about it yeah I'm like, <laughs> everybody everybody who knows me knows you know mm-hmm. the about me you know it's like I, said, I always tell people I'm an open book and um I'm pretty public with my journey, you know. I, I'm not real big on social media these days, but oh, I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm open about everything, you know. There's nobody who doesn't know at this point. So. Yeah, and your family. Yeah, I yeah. did come out to my family. I waited a little while um, because <laughs> in the same year, my younger brother uh, decided to come out to my family as polyamorous. Oh. Which I really tried to talk him out of. Okay. I was like, no, yeah. mom and dad are gonna kill me. You moved to St. Louis with me, and then <laughs> and now you're. Uh, <laughs> and you had not come out to them. No, with, no, no. Daphne I, was still not in their purview at no, that point in time. I had just told them that I was an atheist, though, and oh. they were pretty not happy about that. Either. I can imagine. <laughs> so wow. I waited a couple more years, you know, and my, yeah. it, things went well with my brother, and they, you know, they were like, okay. "Well, we don't like it, but we're not going to, you know, disown you or anything. They're at least reasonable." Um, and is he still poly. practicing polyamory? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, and successfully, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's he's he's that's involved in the kink and poly scene in St. Louis as well. Okay, which is and kind of funny because we have to every once in a while we have to communicate about wait. So you're dating so and so, so I'm not going to try to date. Oh, <laughs> or, you know, sure, not, not that often, but yeah, it'd be like, no, that's my bro- that's my no, that's my that's my brother, sister, <laughs> that's dad, and Daphne. Leave her alone. <laughs> um, uh, for those of our listeners that are don't know what polyamory is, that's when you have you are open to many loves, so you. Don't restrict yourself to a life of monogamy where you only are sexual with one person. Mm-hmm. You have a heart that um, and a lifestyle that you choose mm-hmm. to allow more than one person in your life that you're sexual with. And it's different than being a swinger. Right. 
you know. Um, or or lying, or, right? Because it's a very open, people who are right. practicing polyamory successfully are open about it. We call it ethical non-monogamy. Right, but it's mm-hmm. hard too. Oh, it's yeah, no, it's not. It's certainly not a band-aid for relationships. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, from from the people that I know, it's that a lot have, of extra work. Have practiced it. I mean, it's like dealing with jealousy every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the thing that. I mean, I, I okay, I could kind of get my head around the idea of polyamory. Like, I I could, you know, like mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm such a, I'm a people person, you know, <laughs> I could see it. But I just think the one relationship is a lot to keep track of, you know, and, and just the responsibilities that you have with that partner. And, and you know, when they're down, you're trying to lift them. And now all of a sudden, you know, bringing in another person that you care equally for, that you're also responsible for yeah, you know, I, I, I also I, I think, think that um, one of the, I, I guess the, and I'm, and I'm not a practicing poly person. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people who have practiced mm-hmm. poly, but it's like when, um, and I have to say, I'm not practicing poly because I'm not practicing anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what so it's you, not like I have you, an option. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like I'm just not practicing anything right now. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, our prior episode was on sex toys, so we know where that is. <laughs> but. Um, I, what I was going to say is, <laughs> I lost my train of thought, but um, you have to navigate and the relationships. But when you're in a monogamous relationship, you almost feel as if you have to be everything to that other person. Oh, sure. Okay, so when you're in a poly sense. relationship, it's not that you have to be everything to every one of your partners. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every partner pulls in or s- supplies a uh, a, a special aspect, but you don't have to be everything to everybody. Oh. Am I right? I would agree with that. Yeah, okay. I would say okay. you know each each relationship is unique, right? Like mm-hmm. when you love someone, you love them in a special way that, and you share a bond that you only have with that person. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, when I have other partners, you know, I just consider that relationship uniquely, and and it sometimes it does often work out that. One relationship will meet needs that another doesn't, and mm-hmm. so on. So yeah. you're also practice, uh, practicing polyamory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so how do you deal with the jealousy? <laughs> well, uh, historically, I have not been a terrifically jealous person, okay. um, but that actually uh, has come up in relationships more recently in my life. And uh, let me tell you, I'm really glad I have a therapist. If there's anything to evangelize about it, go to therapy. <laughs> okay. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You don't should... have to be in poly, a no, polyamorous yeah. relationship. Yeah. But yeah, therapy is good. <laughs> and what does your therapist counsel you on that? Um, well, my therapist is really good about just uh, making me pay attention to my feelings. You know, she she often would have me just do an exercise of journaling my feelings like what are you feeling when this happens what are you feeling you're feeling you're hurt you're angry like what what is going on and then and then after i kind of do that it'd be like let's get to the why why are you hurt why are you angry mm-hmm. and ultimately um she she's taken me through a lot of things that help me deal with those feelings which i like i said i historically haven't been a very jealous person so i didn't have a lot of practice dealing with those feelings yeah. Yeah. But I realized really quickly that I was going to need to. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm really glad. I'm I'm so happy to be in therapy. Like I talk to her about everything. So everyone should have a therapist. You know, I so I've gone. We do. I, I, <laughs> that's well, good. that's it's called our show. I, I I um I haven't I haven't had a therapist and since I've moved to St. Louis, um I did have I've 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 had multiple therapists throughout my years, and um I think that one of them was very instrumental in helping me to like cheerlead me up to where I needed to get to make the change that I needed to make to be happy and for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I have to say, like, it came with, every time I saw my therapist, it came with this huge emotional hangover. I mean, yeah, yeah, I did. Like, I just, I really, um, it, it made me kind of self-loathing in a way. Well, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's got to be a way to get there without... Well, I would think that you needed a different therapist. Yeah, probably. Because I... <laughs> I, I, I mean, probably. I'm, I'm no therapist. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I play one on a podcast on occasion, <laughs> but I'm no, I would think that if you are feeling worse about yourself after a therapy session, then that is not a very good therapist. <laughs> the therapist could point things out to you, should give you constructive ways to maybe... Deal with certain Deal with actions. Change, and- but you should not hate yourself more after your hour with that person. <laughs> right. After your hour paying how much? That's an expensive yeah. self, self-loathing. Yeah. Right. Right. You could just, I probably could have done a few other things with that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'm glad that you survived that therapy. <laughs> I have not been bagged to a therapist, though. So. Well, you've got right. PTSD I- with that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, why? Why am I going to do that? Right. I'm worse about myself. I know. It's it's kind of the same way that I feel with marijuana, to be honest with you, because when I've therapy and marijuana. I know (laughs) that I mean that my experiences with marijuana make me go down the path of self-loathing. Now it's been a long time and and I Mm. know that marijuana since it's starting to become more you know legalized and medical all this stuff is you know there's better quality all this stuff is happening right and 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 you can kind of decide what kind of strain you want and craft your own cocktail which wasn't you know whenever i've tried it in the past it's always been like whatever's being passed around and in the back alley dark she doesn't even know who she's smoking with you know (laughs) usually it's after a therapy session (laughs) with all the rest of the therapist's patients i mean (laughs) it's a 12-step program recovering from your therapist i think that's fairly accurate yeah yeah so you know i think maybe i just need to reboot on marijuana and all of it therapy and therapy yeah i'm sure i'm sure many of our listeners who uh who care are actually writing right now emails to us with suggestions on on the better therapists (laughs) well i'd be happy after the show to give you a recommendation on where to get both Thank you. <laughs> as well as those fabulous boots. Ooh. Like, we're talking reboot here mm. in many ways, right? Yeah, these are, are from, I believe these are from either Just Fab or Shoe Dazzle, and they always have shoes in my size. And I hope they hear this and send me free stuff. <laughs> well, we'll tag them in some way. We totally right. will tag them. Yeah. I'm yeah. a VIP member. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Because I have a collection. <laughs> so. We met at a BDSM event, mm. which says to me that you are 
far more complex than being a trans person who, um, you know, uh, is evangelical about your, uh, you know, atheism. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that you also enjoy another and polyamory, let's add that to but but that you also have this other interest that that drives you. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about your um discovery of the BDSM culture and And that side of you? Yeah. Sure. Um you know when I was when I was younger, I stumbled across a book. I think it was in my grandmother's collection. Um and it was by Nancy Friday, and it was uh, it was uh, it was letters that that people had wrote about their fantasies. It was just a collection of all these different Ooh, types that would of fantasies. Be really good. Yeah, and this was your grandmother's really, book. That's a heck of a book to find when you're 16 and <laughs> at your grandmother's and house, bored and looking yeah. for anything to um, distract entertain you, dis- you? Yeah, yeah. entertain you. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say stimulate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that anything too. to look at. During stimulating times, it's like, <laughs> and I read that book cover to cover, and then of course, you know, uh, dog-eared it. Yeah, of course, I had some favorites in there, and it turned like that's kind of when I started becoming more aware of BDSM as you know a sexual um, uh, element, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, certain aspects of it just jumped out at me. Yeah, and. Uh, you what, know, like, it's kind of like, like what aspect? If you could like name well, one I would, or two, I what would say be? Uh, being submissive. Like I'm, I, I figured out pretty early on that I'm a sub and not a, a dominant. Um, and it took me a long time to figure out exactly what that meant. Of course, yeah, but I so knew that I wanted to be on that side of it. <laughs> for our listeners who aren't aware of dominant and sub submissive, what what does that you just mean? Give, like real yeah. quick. Uh, definition of what um, that is? I guess it would just mean that you take on the subservient role in whatever relationship and whatever exchange is happening, if it's, you know, a, a particular one-off scene or if it's a relationship or whatever. Um, it just means that you are the one who is uh, taking orders and and not mm-hmm. uh, in control, but you're in that power exchange, you're, you're giving away the control to get something else back. Okay. Okay. No, that, that, so you found that you identified more with that role mm-hmm. in, a, in a relationship or a scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I, for a long time just considered myself a sub. I would always tell people I'm a sub, but not a masochist. And the difference being there, uh, if you're a sub, you're into service. If you're a masochist, you're into pain. Pain, right? Um, yeah. And I would always say that I wasn't into pain, but I eventually discovered that that was not true. That you either. are, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely also a masochist. I think I, I I like to say that I discovered that I was a masochist when I got my PA piercing. Oh, Prince Albert. Mm-hmm. It was what mm-hmm. a P- yes, which yeah. is so, a which is what for our people that don't know in the <laughs> penis, yes. right? Yeah. At the head, at the base, mm-hmm. at the middle of the shaft. It goes, where? it goes. The way they do it is they go in through your urethra and out the bottom with the with the needle, and at then the they put a ring through it. Or That's... at the tip of the penis, at mm-hmm. the head. Mm-hmm. And that makes my eyes water here, and <laughs> I don't have a penis. I, 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 yeah. I just crossed my legs fifteen <laughs> times, and I don't even have a penis. It hurt a lot more than I expected, which you I expected it to yeah. hurt. Yeah. But everyone, I had a bunch of friends that had them, and they were like, "Oh, it doesn't hurt that bad." And oh, I've had lying. a lot of other piercings. And that's what people say about childbirth. I, yeah, oh no, it's yeah, no big deal. I totally believe them. Just go ahead. I was just wrong. go ahead, have that baby. So, what is the allure to get that piercing? 
Well, uh, specifically, I, I got it for a few reasons, but spe- I got it specifically uh, to make uh, chastity devices more secure because that's one of my kinks. I like I like to be locked up in So chastity. that's what, oh. Yeah. So, so there's, there's like a little chain the, from oh. the chastity device down to the, the piercing to well, keep you the, from getting hard? The way that it works on mine is uh, I have there's a little cage that goes over the penis yeah. and a ring that goes around that and the balls. Okay. And it's all stuck in there. You can't, it's too much to pull out. Uh, but you can kind of pull the top part out. So there's a little security cable that goes through my PA piercing to keep it from going anywhere. So does this prevent you from getting an erection? Mm, yeah, more or less. Okay. I mean, well, not much of one anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, the I blood think might could... flow, but it ain't going to go anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very frustrating, which is delightfully frustrating. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I actually, when I got my PA piercing, I had a friend hold the key to my chastity cage for a record at that time for me 50 days beforehand because we were at the crack box drinking one night. <laughs> and I realized, I was like, hey, my birthday is in like 50 days. And I was like, that would be perfect if I got, I want to get it done on my birthday. And I was like, drunkenly, I was like, will you hold the, the key to my cage and, and make me like wait? That'll help me get my nerve up. So it'll be a big, you know, crescendo. It'll be a big release, which was a terrible idea because I hadn't touched my penis for basically 50 days. Oh my so goodness. So it's very sensitive. So, I'm going to ask, <sighs> I'm, you know, I, I'm like, I'm like clinical right here right mm-hmm. now. How do you pee? If yeah, you're in a chastity it's a, big, cage. it's a big opening. It's fine. Yeah. So you can just yeah. still pee and not worry. Oh, yeah, and you can get soap and water and everything in there. It's, you know. Okay. Okay, all right. I'm feeling yeah. better now because I'm like... I, I, and it depends on the style. There are many styles. There's full belt styles, which are way secure. There's plastic ones. There's metal ones. Spend some time on the internet. It's it's worth a look. It's worth exploring. <laughs> but then delete <laughs> your history the on, your bra- on your browser, right? If you're concerned that if you pass away in the middle of the night and your family is going to come in and check your internet history, be sure to delete it. I've always thought that that would be a valuable service. That like there could be like if you die, a you service that comes for that, in, like you know, like prepaid yeah, legal cleans out your little table side by the bed drawer. You see, I'm not worried. Like, about that, everybody knows. Like yeah. when they find my browser history, they're going to be like, "Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes yeah. sense." Uh, we missed Daphne, so it's just taking the shame <laughs> yeah. out of it, right? There's no shame. We should There's just no shame be Daphne, you know? right? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, but sometimes it's kind of funny just to talk like that. That the family's <laughs> going to be like, "Oh my god." Oh my God, did mom really have all this stuff underneath her bed? This is embarrassing. So I, I do yeah. have an embarrassing family story of like people realizing that there's- That you have sex? That, that you have sex <laughs> and I have stuff, you know? So when I was getting ready to move here to St. Louis, you know, like packing and and my dad came over to help me pack, you know? And so, oh God. So, She's cringing right I now, know. everybody. So- <laughs> There's this, so I must, I'm a masochist. I'm telling this story, right? I like pain. <laughs> so um, I'm like, you know, we're packing up my closet and I, I see this Jimmy Choo box. And I'm like, oh, a Jimmy Choo box. What's in my Jimmy Choo box? And I open it up and my dad's right there. And of course it has like all kinds of sex toys in there, you know. That you had forgotten that about. That I had forgotten about, yeah. <laughs> that was in your Jimmy Choo box. <laughs> You're like, what shoe have I not worn in a while? Exactly. That's what you're excited about. Right. Not, ooh, what sex toys no, have, have I not I played with? Have I forgotten about? 
<laughs> I mean, Jimmy well, Choo's can be a sex toy too. Right. Oh, I'm so sure. What was your, yeah. was your dad? Oh, Did he it notice? was just kind of like a. I mean, it was like ooh, and we just all kind of like looked away really fast in a in <laughs> oh. denial. Denial is what happened. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know. That's really funny. <laughs> I my only not uh, not the same, but similar. Was when I was, and I think I've talked about it on this show before. I was, when I was married, my bed was on the east wall of my bedroom. And then I was like, I'm going to move the bed because I don't want to be over here. Too many memories. So I put it on the west wall. And after 15 years of being on the west wall, I'm like, I'm ready to change it. I'm mm-hmm. ready to move this bed. And my kids were like, yeah, mom, you know, you and dad have been divorced for 15, 16 years now. It's like no big deal. I'm like, yeah, let's just, let's just rearrange things. So, of course, we move the bed. I'm like, oh, oh, I need some water from the basement. Go downstairs. Because I had all of the, all of my, my oh, yes. toys in there. Your accoutrements. My accoutrements. <laughs> I didn't need my kids seeing that. I'm like, okay, I'll get all that. I'll I'll clean it up. I'll move it all under the bed. They don't listen to this show anyway, so why, why, why do I worry? Um, move all the stuff under the bed. And then I noticed that like right there in the middle of where the, like the centerpiece of, of your bed frame was, complete and total like marks on the wood <laughs> and all variety of, ang- of angles the, and bed, I was like, the bed got a workout the bed had gotten yeah. a workout in the last 15 16 years so i'm like holy cow this is where the wood down thank god there's a I rug wore, to cover there's that. a there's a rug that covered it that yeah. covers it and it's like that's that's kind of embarrassing and i i've made sure now since i moved the bed to the other side i have the little furniture mover covers on mm. all the spots on the bed good advice well on that note let's take a little pause refresh our glasses and right we'll come back. right back awesome So, aren't you loving the wine today, Michelle? I love the wine we're drinking, Emily. I always love the wine that they pick out for us at the wine merchant. Oh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm so glad that there are partners here on Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. And you know, one of the things that our listeners need to realize is that if they go into the wine merchant and tell them that they've heard about a wine that we've had on our podcast, Mm -hmm. the wine merchant's going to give them 15% 15% off of that bottle. But they have to say that they heard about it on, on our podcast. Speaking, the podcast. That's, That's just right. one of the things about it. They are awesome and wonderful over there at the oh Wine Merchants. You know what? Here's what's amazing. Not only do they have a great selection, but they, you know, they, they their prices are, I mean, you can't beat them. No, you can't. But you cannot beat their knowledge. They learn who you are and learn what you like, and they know how to find exactly what you're looking for um, with, you know, just pairing it up with you. Exactly. They've even said sometimes... I know you're going to like this, Emily, and Michelle's <laughs> not. And they were right, right on the nose with exactly. that. Exactly. So yeah. I think if you are in a situation where you need to marry two two wine palettes, you go to the wine merchant, tell them mm-hmm. what you like, tell them what your partner likes, tell them what your friend, and then they will find the perfect wine that everybody can drink and enjoy. Absolutely. And we are, we are really 
fortunate that we are partners with them. Absolutely. And you know, they also um, have wonderful classes that you can actually sign up for and learn about wine. But a free thing that you can do every Saturday from 12 to 4 is every Saturday. And their tastings, they have free tastings. And often they have the winemakers or the importers there. and you can Or a region they're going to feature, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you can go learn all kinds of fabulous information, meet really cool people. And we if are you there. time it right, <laughs> you can have a little drink with Emily and Absolutely. I as we are going through the tasting ourselves. That's so, right. if you are in St. Louis, be sure to go visit the Wine Merchant. It is on Forsyth Boulevard in Clayton. And if you're out of St. Louis, you can go visit their website, Wine Merchant STL, no, Wine Merchant Limited in St. Right. Louis. Um, and if you're confused about what we've had on our podcast that you want to also buy, go to our website, clearlyspeakingpodcast.com, mm-hmm. click on Wines, and we've got Season 1 and Season 2, everything that we've... Full description of everything we've tasted. And again, as Michelle said, you can actually get a discount on those wines at the Wine Merchant. Exactly. So, anyway, so cheers, cheers, everyone. To the, Enjoy. To the Wine Merchant. And we're back. Yes, we are. Thank you, Emily, for pouring our glasses. Yes, we have that nice equal pour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's generous. It's 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 equal yet still generous. Yeah, you're really we're getting good at this. this. Yeah. But this is a lovely, lovely wine, yeah. and I am going to be going by the wine merchant tomorrow or did the next you day. Even give your panty description. I don't think I did. Oh my gosh, Michelle, we're way behind. <laughs> what? Is this wine? Well, now the pressure's on. I know. Um, I think, okay, just bear with me, people. If this twists botas were a panty, it would be twisted. (laughs) (laughs) It would be twisted. It would be ruched. It would be a ruched. In all the right places. In all the right places. It, It would be giving you all kinds of pleasure. But um, yeah, like I'm seeing and tasting a a, a white uh, satiny, um, yeah, a white satin panty that's ruched and like like almost a g-string in the back, but not in the front. Okay, I know I don't <laughs> want to call in the that. Front. Not in the front. Like it's <laughs> very rare. <laughs> Do you have a g-string in the front? I mean, I'm not. Well, just some they people exist. might put them on backwards. Maybe like a cheeky hipster. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. But I wanted to make sure that you understood that you still had full coverage in the front. But and there's he, a lot of butt cheek. But there's a lot of butt cheek, <laughs> and it's white. I know. Daphne. I know. It, it's late. I've already drank like half the bottle. <laughs> My earlier description might have been a little bit more like right, right. legit. But anyway. Daphne, what are your thoughts? Tell if us this were about a panty. your... Yes. If it were a panty? Or a boot or mm. whatever it inspires. In- I'm, I'm going to take a drink and... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. I know. Without any notice. Mm. Well, it's very sweet. So I think you're right. I think it would be satiny. But I think it would be it would be like it'd be very traditional and like 
sweet, but you're right. There'd be some kind of a surprise, like a very cheeky back. Yeah, I, I think Michelle's right on now that I think about it. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, yeah I, like you, you're like, if you look from the front, you're not going to think, oh, man, that's awfully sexy. But then like, whoa, it's a surprise on the back. Maybe it's got like cute little polka dots on the front, but in oh, the back, it's like lacy and oh, like there's a big bow that. that you didn't expect. I would love there, that. I like oh. that. I like that addition. <laughs> Thank you for helping uh, create that design. So definitely. Now I want these panties. I know I do too. I I really want especially wanna... since it's full coverage on the front. Mm, yeah, I need a little extra <laughs> in the front for sure. A little extra coverage. A little stretchiness. Nuclear fallout. <laughs> do they make panties for trans people that have a little extra? I've, I've seen websites. Yeah. yeah, I tend to just try to find stretchy ones. <laughs> so here's a yeah. question. I mean, I I. I know that you do spend some time as Dan. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing Daphne panties mm. when you're Dan? Mm. Um, I would say, well, yeah, I wear panties all the time now. But um, yes, and I used to like to do before before Daphne was out a lot when I would be in Dan mode. I would used to uh, I used to do what I called Daphne incognito, where I'd I'd wear like you know. Uh, like a flat bra and panties under my, you know, everyday oh, sure. work clothes. Or for a while, I was uh, I was starting to get pretty good about actually buying all women's clothes and wearing them, but still presenting as Dan. That was fun. Oh, I could wear women's jeans and a shirt and like panties, of course, and all okay. that, and go to it's work. Still passing as a. Mm-hmm. So do you? So do you still have circumstances where you are one hundred percent Dan, and some that you're Daphne, or well, how does that? Like Mix. I said, I, it's kind of categorical, you know, mm-hmm. it's, for me, it's, it's more just like what's happening right now. And the way that it kind of works out between the balance of Daphne and Dan is Dan ends up doing more of the work, you know, <laughs> like it's just easier okay. to go to work in Dan mode a lot of the time. Although it has happened. There's Daphne has been. You've shown up as Daphne where, mm-hmm. where you work mm-hmm. and how do they respond to Daphne? Oh, fine. Just normal? Most of the time I get some, the wor- worst I ever get in. Daphne is they pinch your ass and you're sexually harassed like (laughs) every other woman. (laughs) I mean, that was going to be kind of my question because it's interesting that you're like, okay, so Dan is the one that works. Mm -hmm. You know, is it easier being that you've been able to see life on both sides? Is it, are there things that are just easier being Dan than, you know, presenting? Yeah, you get paid so. as Dan, don't yeah, you? I sure you do. don't. You haven't. They you're haven't like right. cut your pay by seventy percent when you're because you're Daphne. Well, that's not as of yet. Yeah, yeah. We would call that privilege. Yeah, that's I do defi- have a lot of privilege. That's definitely a little privilege. You wouldn't there. think you wouldn't think there'd be much trans privilege, but <laughs> being by gender, I get to pick yeah. and choose a little bit for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, de- definitely. There's there's a balance, but you know, it kind of works out such that. When I go to work, you know, I, I've gotten my job as Dan. They know me as Dan, you know, and you don't want to, I don't want to necessarily introduce somebody right away to Daphne. And it's always not, it's not always necessary either. Like, it's fine to be at work in, in Dan mode. It is much easier. If I went as Daphne all the time, and that, that thought has crossed my mind, um, you know, it would be a lot of extra effort on my part. And I, Why? I spend time. What's questing. the extra effort? Do you mean just like dealing with people, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, who are reacting to you, know, you being Daphne exactly. versus? Wait, I thought I who's this? Per-? Like mm-hmm. y- now you're suddenly a responsible 
or you feel responsible for how they're reacting to mm-hmm. Daphne and when they were totally comfortable with you being Dan and now mm-hmm. you've yeah, so I can see where that would be easier. I, I worked at the Apple Store for a little while, and toward the end of my time there, uh, a little while, I worked there seven years. It was a long stint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but toward the end of my time there, I actually approached my boss, and I said, hey, so I think I want to be Daphne at work sometimes. And <laughs> as it turns out, I kind of had started a tradition of going to the big holiday meeting. We'd always have a big holiday, you know, like party more yeah, or less. Yeah. And I would, I showed up in a dress one year and everybody went nuts. They loved yeah. it. And so from that point on, I was like, well, there's an out, like I'm going to do that. That's a tradition now. Yeah. And, um, did it, anybody else start coming in dresses too? <laughs> no, but I did uh. have, I did kind of, uh, I started a contest with some of the other girls uh, who, who could wear the highest heels. To the Ooh. holiday party, and I was like, "This is a fun contest." Yeah, and I didn't always win. I won most of the time, but I did get mm-hmm. out healed one year, and I was like, "Respect." Girl. How high are the <laughs> highest heels you've sported? Uh, I think I have. I think they're broken right now, but I have a pair of boots that are like nine inches. Wow! Yeah, they're but super there's a platform. platform. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. so. you would end up falling on your face. Gotta otherwise. have a platform. Yeah. I've always thought it would be fun. There's a doesn't ESPN. Um, share a high-heeled races. There's like an actual thing where these there's like a I need, I know they race. do that at the at the Pride Festival. I think that would be fun. I would love to participate in that because I have definitely dashed from one end of an airport to another with luggage and <laughs> tow in high heels. I think I could win. You probably would. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. Not if you're up against me. Ooh, I think we have a race. You want to have a race right now, Emily? Let's go. At Lambert. At Lambert. We're going to the airport. After this episode is done. Sunrise is not fair. (laughs) Oh, all right. So, I mean, aren't all the duels at Sunrise? Yeah. Like Uh, the old Western duel. Let's do it at sunset. After three more bottles of wine. Right, right. Emily's right. I'll I'll, I'll race you anywhere. (laughs) I'll race you anywhere. So when you talk about it is easier sometimes to be deaf, Dan, um, but you are, you know, you have the luxury of seeing life from both sides. If you could change something or anything for the female side for of you and for all of the females out there, what would you wish could be easier? Mm. I know it's an easy question. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> You know, I definitely feel, especially for me as a, as a trans person, when I'm in Daphne mode, I, I definitely, it's easy to get nerved up, you know? And I think that's because being a woman comes with a certain amount of danger just built right in, you know, there are, I know, especially living in the Midwest, like we do, Mm -hmm. that at any given corner, around any corner could be somebody who might look at me and go, I'm going to kick your ass, you you know, whatever. And expletive, expletive. A predator or a bully, right? Not to mention, also, like, there could be any time I go to use a women's restroom somewhere, like, that Mm -hmm. really nerves me up. I have a, I always ask when I go somewhere, I'm like, what is your transgender bathroom policy? Because I don't want to get kicked out tonight. I just got here. You know, I've Mm -hmm. been kicked out. I got kicked out of Pops one time. I went really? there with a with a friend of mine, and I was in a beautiful red dress and heels, and we were having a great night. And we got there, and we went to the bathroom together, and didn't think anything about it. And as we were walking around, a security guard tapped me on the shoulder and said, "You have to leave." And I was like, "Why? For what?" And they were like, "You can't use the women's restroom." And I was like, uh, "What? Gosh. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, and so like I get nervous about that for sure. And just like I said, there's there's a certain sense of danger that I feel that comes with that because people look at you differently. Have you noticed a shift um, within the last few years? Like, has have things like just you know from what we're seeing across the media, it seems that things have gotten less tolerant. Like. You know, are you feeling that or are you, um, is it about the same? Oh, no, I'd say it's much more the other way. I, I would say 20 years ago when I was starting to really explore all these feelings and this part of myself, I I don't think that the community was so present. And now when I talk to people, I have a lot of younger friends and all my younger friends, I think they they all kind of come at it with a mindset of, well, gender is stupid. Gender is a construct. Mm-hmm. Gender is going away. Yeah. Yeah. In 100 years, there probably won't even be gender. Mm-hmm. So call yourself what you want. Be what you want. Be who mm-hmm. you are. I you would know? have to agree with you. That and I they think that's the... That's where I see the shift going. Are way more accepting than Mm. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day about the difference between like my kids and their acceptance of the changes in their classmates from when they were started as a freshman as a as a girl and when they ended as a senior they were Mm. they had transitioned to a boy. And that that was like nothing to my my kids' class. We're like, yeah, whatever, you know. That, that that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And then I reflect back and like, okay, if that had happened in my high school, if you started in 1983 as a boy and you wanted to end in 1987 as a girl, that would be, that would have, have been, to big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would have, have, have to right. move, right? Else, yeah. So I appreciate the fact that the, the, the generation, the millennials mm-hmm. below us, are more accepting of Definitely. whatever you want to be, be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. fabulous. Yeah. So their kids, you're right. They'll be like, well, I think yeah. Yeah, I was born with a vagina, but that doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. right? I have a friend who uh, actually just recently had a kid, and they are trans themselves. Um, so she and her wife had a child, and they decided before the child was born not to assign them a gender. They are, they're, they're, uh, they're going to decide that for themselves later. How do they, okay, I hear again, like practical, practical Polly, practical Patty. Um, <laughs> how do they fill out the birth certificate? Because are, are those things changing so that it allows like an other? I don't know what they put on the birth certificate. I think they may have left it I, blank, but I'm not sure if huh. they had to put something. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just about curious that. about that. I just know that. You know who's publicly they, take care of that? I'm sure Trump will take care of that. Yeah. 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 yeah, he has a solution. <laughs> so I recently read a, an amazing article that talked about how Native Americans pre, um, you know, pre... U.S. invasion. Exactly. Thank okay. you. I was like doing hand motions, but yeah. thank you for interpreting that. They actually also did not define gender in the same way. It wasn't just male or female. That they actually, it was a spectrum. Gender was a definitely a spectrum. And there was a, kind of five-ish on that spectrum. So there was, you know, those who clearly are all female or clearly are all male. And then, you know, you're kind of like eking then towards the center of living on both sides. And the those that lived in the middle were con- 
considered like of the highest regard because they could see the world from both sides, which I think is tremendous Yeah, that they saw the value in somebody being able to access both the masculine and feminine within them. It really, it does, it does bring me a, a lot of wonderful perspective and it really, you know, getting to experience uh, being a woman sometimes has uh, definitely meant a lot to me, of course, but also like even opened my eyes up even more. I mean, I've always been a feminist, but it's made me even more of a feminist, you know, like yeah, that when I have to deal with bullshit that women deal with <laughs> and it does come up you know I, yeah i've definitely been in places where people have grabbed my boobs just because they thought they could and i was like no 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 just because these are all padding could. that doesn't give you permission no 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 yeah. you know and yeah it's not and i've definitely got my ass pinched and cat called and all that stuff do you, you know? find uh, that now that you are um maybe a super feminist that when you have the chance to educate other males are you, do you find that you can uh, communicate with them more effectively because you could speak that language as well? And, oh, that's and, a great as, point. And say, you know, bring them along, help them understand why they're being a fucking asshole. Hmm. Or have you not had that situation yet? I mean, I mean usually fucking assholes just got to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they do. They, they do, but education. they are everywhere. They are yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know if you have a, a what's <laughs> like a way to disarm them, you know, because because mm-hmm. you do come, you do sit in in that special spot yeah. where you can, you can, you see can both straddle sides. both, both yeah. worlds. Um and able to communicate and experience both worlds, right? Like not just see it and feel it and experience it. Like you, I, I guess. I well, now I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm going to ask a question that's you know probably sounds a little middle schoolish, but when you are when you are who you are, doesn't matter what side or how you're dressing, but you are Dan, you're Daphne, you're all of that all together. When you are in your relationships, you're expressing your mm. love. What like, is there a part that like, is more more dominant? Like, you really like being the guy or you you really like being the girl in your relationship? I mean, because you're poly, so you have multiple mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. But w- is there one that brings you more joy? And, and if not, if they're equal, that's cool, too. And are you Dan in one and Daphne in another? Like, let's just pile on as many questions as we can. <laughs> yeah. I would say <laughs> that anybody that, yeah. I'm, uh, that I enter into a relationship with, and it's not like I have tons of relationships or anything, I never have, but... Um, <laughs> but the ones you have I, are special, Definitely, they, they all know, you know, that I'm super upfront, you know, anymore, uh, because I have to be, because they're, they're not going to not know. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would say... Kind of, but really, you get the whole package. Like you, you're not going to get just Daphne or just Dan. At least Dang so far. It. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If anybody on Grinder finds me, <laughs> <laughs> if they, if you're listening to this podcast and you find me on Grinder and message me and you mention the podcast, I will definitely message you back. <laughs> but, okay. You know, yeah. The, there could be some. But would future... that be Daphne messaging? Oh, yeah, them? Okay. Be... <laughs> okay. Okay. It's all Daphne because on Grinder. Daphne. Okay. I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> da- Daphne's a party girl. Yeah. Um. Um. 
But are there are there people that you have relationship with that like, hey, I I need a little Dan time. Mm, I recently dated someone, and they I would say that Daphne was very prominent in our relationship. And when we when I asked her to be my girlfriend, she said yes, and she said I also consider you my girlfriend. And I was oh, like, I've never okay. been a girlfriend before, and that was really like amazing to think of, and that made me feel really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it just kind of depends on the relationship, but you know, you're, you're going to get Dan time. You're going to get Daphne time. There's no avoiding it. Okay. Okay. Do you see a day where Dan might go away? Mm, Well, that's, that's been on my mind lately. I've been talking Mm -hmm. with my therapist about that actually, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Um, You know, it's always been kind of a practical thing. You know, like I say, it's, it's categorical, it's pragmatic um, if money was no option, <laughs> you know, if you could live if, on 70% if I could do whatever I wanted women. for the rest of my life, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, yeah. but, uh, with the way, with the life that I have in the, in this life, I don't know. Well, yeah. here's the great thing like is that Dan. you don't have yeah. to decide, mm-hmm. you know, that that's I, what my therapist said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to make these decisions right now. Yeah. Cheers <laughs> to forever. You are ever. See, we are. I'm just going to come see you every week. Yeah. Well, we, we do take copays. <laughs> yeah. Do you accept Blue and Cross they come in the form and <laughs> wine. Of course we do. Of course we do. <laughs> well, we are neighbors. So you can always just, you know, <laughs> grab right. a bottle, come on down mm-hmm. anytime. Yeah. But, I'm going to take um, you up on that, Emily. Yeah. Please do. That is a sincere, a sincere uh, olive branch. There. Well, yeah. Okay, so I I know this is probably cliche when when you know, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you could offer any sort of advice mm-hmm. to an earlier version of yourself, a younger mm-hmm. version of yourself, or like you know somebody who's listening, a, a younger person, male or female, who mm-hmm. have have the same I like identify with what you're saying and those Mm -hmm. questions. What would you say to them to help them find that peace that you have with yourself? There, there have been a lot of people in my life that I've kind of looked up to that were expressing themselves openly and freely and in a way that I didn't know yet that I could. Um, I can think of a a number of people and there've been people in my life that have come along since I really became comfortable with Daphne that have said like, wow, I, I really didn't know it could be like that. And, and even gone on to like come out as trans and have told me that them meeting me even helped. And I'm like, wow, that's mind blowing to think. But I would say the advice that I've always gotten when I asked my early heroes and the advice I've always tried to give is what's really most important at the end of the day is you just got to be yourself. You just have to be true to yourself and you have to, be willing to look inside yourself and ask who really am I and just be that person and, and make no apologies about it because that's the only, that's the only way as, as far as I can see it. You know, I said earlier that I'm really into radical self-expression and I think that's kind of why Daphne ends up being the party girl because I'm feeling really good because I'm radically self-expressing myself, you know, and being who I really am. But yeah. you just have to do that. You just have to, Trust, Go out there to and trust that there will be people that will welcome you. Definitely, yes. You will. You will always find your tribe. You know, like you said earlier, yeah. you'll always find those people that will support you. And if if the people in your life that are important don't support you, they're, they're going to have right. to learn, or they're going to have to yeah. go away. Right? You know? They're going to have to. They're going to have to deal 
because you've got to be you. You just have to be. You've got to be you. Oh, my God. That is so perfect. And what a perfect way to wrap up our our second second season. season. Our first, our one year. You just got to be you. (sighs) You know? Which is exactly why we started this. We just were us. Mm Mm-hmm. Authentically so. Authentically us. Mm -hmm. And you are authentically you. I do my best. So thank you so much. Clearly do. Yes. Thank you, Daphne. (laughs) Thank you, Daphne. This was such a delight. Our friend. (laughs) On our show. Oh my gosh. And here's to you, Emily. And here's yes. to our our coming second year, our third season coming up for more conversations, more journeys, more fun. With amazing women talking about their life. And amazing wine. Yes. <laughs> here's to that. Here's to that. Cheers. So Daphne, we were so excited upon the conclusion of our show that we forgot to ask you a very important question. What's next? <laughs> well, you can almost always find me, especially late at night, at the best bar in the universe, the Crack Fox. It's the bar for the Misfit Toys, and the owner is, it's a female-owned business, and it's been around for 10 years. It's amazing. Um, in October, it's a big month for the Crack Fox. We're very big on Halloween. Um, oh, my favorite holiday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's uh, there's a... a the Creep Show Festival, which is a three-day event, uh, the 17th through the 19th of October. Uh, and it's going to be an amazing burlesque show and all kinds of awesome Ooh. things happening. Uh, and then, of course, Halloween is always a big party. Um, and then there's also going to be a horror glow. Every Whoa. few months they do a big, giant glow party there uh, where it's all black light and it's a great dance party. And so you should definitely oh, that sounds check, check on Facebook. You can just go to the Crack Fox and look up the events. They're amazing. And it's my favorite bar. And I'm so happy I get to help out around there because I really believe in what they do there. They create a, an enti- a place for the entire kink and LGBT community mm-hmm. to really come together and be themselves. Yeah, it's a safe place. Absolutely. It's accepting and warm and wonderful. I'm so glad that I had a chance to meet you there and I cannot wait to see you at one of those wonderful Some, events. Someone was walking by one time and they were like, is this a gay bar? And I said, oh honey, this is an everything bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bar for the misfit toys. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Daphne. <laughs> Thank you for having me. 